PDF and you, you you run the thing and it jumps like hundred pages of seconds. So oh, now I'm totally lost. Let me just take the book.
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 14, Pregnancy of Diti in the Evening, Text 3 through 5, Translations and Purports, by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Tasya Chodavatakshaunim Svadam Stragrena Lilaya Daicharajasya Chabraman Kaspadetorabun Rida Tosya Chodarataksaunim Svadam Stragrena Lilaya Daicharajasya Chabraman Kasmadetorabun Rida Tosya Chodarataksaunim Svadam Sravnena Lilaya Daicharajasya Chabraman Kasmadetur Abunrida Pastimes. Daicharajasya. 
of the king of demons, Cha and Brahman, O Brahmana, Kasmad, from what? Hito, reason, Abut, there was, Vida, fight. Translation, what was the reason, O Brahmana, for the fight between the demon king and Lord Bor, while the Lord was lifting the earth as his pastime? Text four. If you want to slide it up there. Shradadanaya bhaktaya bruhi tach janmavistaram rishida trityati mana param kauto. My mind has become very inquisitive, and therefore I am not satisfied with hearing the narration of the Lord's appearance. Please, therefore, speak more and more to a devotee who is faithful. That's Vidura addressing Maitreya. Purport, one who is actually faithful and inquisitive is qualified to hear the transcendental pastimes of the appearance and disappearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vidura was a suitable candidate to receive such transcendental messages. Text number five. Maitreya uvacha saruviratvaya pristam avatara katam hare Yatvam pritschasi martyanam rityu parsha vishatanam tanim. The great sage Maitreya said, O warrior, the inquiry made by you is just befitting a devotee because it concerns the incarnation of the personality of Godhead. He is the source of liberation from the chain of birth and death for all those who are otherwise destined to die. Purport, the great sage Maitreya addressed Vidura as a warrior, not only because Vidura belonged to the Kuru family, but because he was anxious to hear about the chivalrous activities of the Lord in his incarnations of Varaha and Nirshinga. Because the inquiries concerned the Lord, they were perfectly befitting a devotee. A devotee has no taste for hearing anything mundane. There are many topics of mundane warfare, but a devotee is not inclined to hear them. The topics, of the, war, the topics of the warfare in which the Lord engages do not concern the war of death, but the war against the chain of Maya, which obliges one to accept repeated birth and death. In other words, one who takes delight in hearing the war topics of the Lord is relieved from the chains of birth and death. Foolish people are suspicious of Krishna's taking part in the battle of Kurukshetra, not knowing that his taking part ensured liberation for all who were present on the battlefield. It is said by Dev that all who were present on the battlefield of Kurukshetra attained their original spiritual existences after death. Therefore, hearing the war topics of the Lord is as good as any other devotional service. Om Jnana Timarandasya Ganam Jana Shalakaya Chaksura Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Manchakalpa Tarubhyascha Pripasindubhyevacha Titanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha 
जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार श्रीवासरी गौरभक्तविंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे When uh, Niran- I had a little time with Narantara before I left, and I told him, I said, "You're so encouraging to everybody, you know." He was appreciating our, you know. He was when we did that little thing at Don Kelly's place. He was glorifying uh, Govinda Madhava and playing the tambourine and. And Leela, and he says, "Son, you've got to be here next time when I play. You got to, like, just encouraging." And you know, he said some encouraging things to me, and I'm sure everybody had some little encouragement from him. So I was telling him that I said, "You know, you're so encouraging," you know, and he said, "Yes, because when I was a brahmachari, nobody encouraged me." <laughs> and he said, "And we all need encouragement." Because to become Krishna consciousness is very difficult. To become Krishna conscious is very difficult. And he said, from top to bottom, we all need encouragement. Everybody is struggling, and in any given day, we one of us may feel that my struggle is more than others. And why do I have it so tough? You know. So we're all going through. Various pit, peaks and valleys in life. So I was thinking about how Prabhupada. Well, first off, before I forget, Prabhupada's talking a lot about you know this purport. There was a lot of reference to the war activities of Krishna and prefacing this battle between Hiranyaksha and Varaha. Um, Vaisheshika Prabhu, in his one of his innumerable talks, he was talking. He was discussing how Prabhupada used a lot of war language in his missionary outreach. That the books are like bombs, and we're dropping these bombs into the laps of the Gajan souls. And Lord Chaitanya's army, you know, it's an army of Sankirtan soldiers and. And uh, he was mentioning how Prabhupada used to reference, and sometimes on his letters he would say, writing from camp somewhere, camp Goloka, New New Vrindavan, or something. You know, he would he would use this. And Prabhupada's mood he was very much, he was like a general on a battlefield, and. Um, in his role as founder acharya he was always speaking very sober and strong words of the, about the, the absolute truth and the other, on the other side on the, on the other hand in prabhupada's personal dealings with devotees who were struggling he was very very um, compassionate and uh, encouraging that was one of the things that devotees were always noting that Prabhupada was always encouraging, and there's a you could say a current of discouragement in the material world um, because we're especially when you're struggling to become Krishna conscious. We 
talk about this a lot, we're swimming upstream, we're going against the grain um, or the, the current of sense gratification. And uh, this struggle, Krishna talks about the struggle for existence. He said that, was it, Mamayam Shojiva Loke Jiva Bhutan Sanatana Manasastran Indriyani Prakriti Stani Karshiti. Karshiti means struggle. He said, living entities, they're all, his, Krishna's saying, they're all my parts and parcels, and they're all struggling in conditioned life with the six senses, especially the mind. And so many people, practically speaking, if you can just, as Krishna says in the sixth chapter in Bhagavad Gita, you know, the mind is the, the worst enemy and the best friend for the mind that is uncontrolled, not fixed on Krishna. It's the worst enemy, but for the mind that's fixed in Krishna, it's the greatest friend. So fixing the mind on Krishna, I was listening to a lecture this morning, Prabhupada was saying this, this kirtan, and he said it's not limited to the musical singing and instruments. Prabhupada was speaking in this lecture, and he said this is also kirtan, this discussion of Krishna Kata, this is also kirtan. So thankfully, I can still participate in kirtan without my ears being blasted, just hearing. So I, I tend to listen to lectures a lot just because it's easier on the ears. But um, uh, Krishna, or in this purport, Prabhupada said, one who takes delight in the war topics of the Lord is freed from the chain of repeated birth and death. So what is going on here in the material world? On two ends, you've got birth, you've got death, and in between, you've got some growth, some maintenance, some production of byproducts, some dwindling. But on either end, like the bookends, you know, you got bookends, it's birth and death. So I was listening to this lecture, Rabindus Roop was saying, this was some years ago, there was some poll taken that the biggest issue or problem that voters were having in this, I don't know if it was an election or what, but we said the biggest problem was the economy, that people were worried about the economy. So then he said, well, think about it a little bit. Why are you worried about the economy? Well, if I don't make money, I can't eat. Well, why is that a problem? Well, if I can't eat, I'll die. That's the real problem, that you have to die. Not that the economy or I can't eat. The problem is death. And Krishna says, for one who takes birth, death is certain. That's the real problem. I mean, all this other stuff is, you could say, uh, not irrelevant because we have to deal with it. But the real problem is that we have to die. Although we don't die, you know, we're soul. But this, I was thinking, you know, this expression, you know the drill. So that's what's going on here, is that there's beginning and an end. There's creation, there's dissolution, there's birth and death. There's nothing else going on. In between, there's some distractions, 
But what's really going on is that we are in a very precarious situation. That there is, there is, um, is it, um, who's the Hari Hari Bipale? Who wrote Hari Hari Bipale? Narottam Dasakuri says, isn't there one translation or, or Prabhupada saying it's like a Holocaust? Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy the Holocaust. Yeah. And I was listening to a lecture this morning when I was getting ready and Prabhupada was saying that, I don't know if he said so-called enjoyment, but he said, actually it's all suffering. But Maya is so kind that, <laughs> what Prabhupada said, Maya is so kind, that she, I mean to fulfill our desires, that she makes the enjoyment or the suffering appear to be enjoyment. Because that there's contact with the material senses and their objects is, uh, it's a source of misery because it, it deepens one's attachment to the material body. So, in the, so even though there may be some initial sense enjoyment, but it's, it's deepening one's attachment to the material body, so therefore it's, in the ultimate issue, it's suffering. So I thought, well, rather than focus on the suffering, because Prabhupada and our whole philosophy, really, Lord Chaitanya's descent is to give love of God. And Prabhupada talked a lot about love of God. And sometimes we may, if someone just speaks a lot about love, 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 love and then people, oh, come on, don't be so sentimental, like, you know. But it's true, that's what it's all about, ultimately, is reawakening in our dormant love for God. But the price, the price, just like in any relationship of, you know, if you want to have a loving relationship, it requires some work, some sacrifice, some compromise, some so much. I think it was Michelle Obama just wrote some biography about how, uh, you know, because they had some... There was some sense that they had this real ideal marriage, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. And she was saying, uh, a, a, what do you call it, a healthy marriage, a strong marriage takes a lot of work. There's a lot of work in any relationship. So, but this relationship with Krishna, what is the price? You know, we talk, there's the price of that intense desire that, uh, is it Rupa Goswami? Describes It requires this intense desire. That's the price. But also, so what's being discussed here is that you know, hearing about the war topics, Krishna's pastime of killing demons, this is the medicine. It's described in the 10th canal, that famous verse, which I don't know the Sanskrit. Yeah. This is the medicine, but the translation is because I Prabhupada recommends that we recite that verse after chanting to relieve one of offenses. He, he recommended two verses specifically, one from the Namashtakam. Uh, oh, Harinam, the tips of the toes of your lotus feet are constantly being worshipped by the glowing radiance emanating from the string of gems known as the Upanishads, the crown jewel, the Vedas. You are eternally adored by liberated souls such as Nard and Shugadeva. Harinam, I take complete shelter of you. So that's the first one. And the second one is this verse from the 10th canto. Glorification of the Supreme Personality of God it is performed 
In the parampara system, that is, it is conveyed from spiritual master to disciple. Such glorification is relished by those who are no longer interested in the glorification of this false temporary cosmic manifestation. Descriptions of the Lord are the right medicine for the conditioned soul undergoing repeated birth and death. Therefore, who will cease hearing such descriptions except for a butcher or one who's killing his own self? So this is the medicine to hear about Krishna, but there's a qualification is that tvama kinchana gochara, one has to be materially exhausted. To reawaken our love for God, the, the medicine or the process is to hear and chant about Krishna but as, as long as one is maintaining desire to enjoy the material world, there won't be, one, there won't be a fixed mind. Because Krishna talks about this in the, what chapter? Second chapter. Bhogaisvaya prashaktanam taya paritachetasam. Anyone want to fill in the last two lines? Samadhao, the samadhi. That in the minds of those who are too attached to sense gratification, material opulence, the resolute determination or the fixed mind doesn't take place. One can't focus properly, can't hear uh, with an open heart because it's you're going in two opposite directions. You know, if you want to. You know, if you want to exploit the creation in the form of whatever version of sense gratification floats your boat. I was downtown this morning. I heard this crazy, echoing, loud. I thought some drunks were in the parking garage next to my building screaming. But what it was is there's this big bike thing going on today. So there's going to be like 9,000 bicyclists biking all around town. So the the, I don't know, the starting point or whatever is right down at the Children's Museum, which is like a block and a half away. And they got these big PA, and at 6 o'clock this morning, they were like bellowing out, and this guy was like, I couldn't hear what he was saying. But, but anyways, this is their version of, you know, enjoying the material world is, you know, running around on, you know, bicycles. So everybody has their one man's food is another man's poison. But, um, so everybody has their version of sense gratification that, you know, can intoxicate one. And uh, and that's really all it is, is that you're just trying to forget, again, the, you know, the birth and death and everything in between. Sense gratification is an intoxicant which just numbs you to the reality of what's going on. That's why it's so, it can be difficult to hear Prabhupada's lectures and read Prabhupada's books because he's continually hammering on the fact that the material world uh, does not offer happiness. And it just, it just bursts everyone's balloon, or I don't want to rain on your parade. It's, you know, that, that if, if we're investing our hopes and aspirations for some life of enjoyment in this material world, there's not impetus to hear spiritual philosophy, the, the, the real thing. Prabhupada was talking about there were so many Bhagavad Gita's before Bhagavad Gita as it is, but no one was taking up the practice of devotional service. And then Bhagavad Gita as it is, then a few, a few people. And, and there's this, I remember when I was a new devotee down in San Diego, and it was, 
it was kind of happening at the time. It was 1980, and there was a lot of, you know, a fair amount of devotees there. But when I went up to Los Angeles, and there were like hundreds and hundreds of devotees, and a whole block full of devotees, it was just like my faith just like increased so much. Wow, this isn't just some little thing, you know, like there are a lot. And then you go to Mayapur now, you know, thousands and thousands of devotees, and you see how the prediction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is manifesting. So we're, we're not in a minority, even though it seems overwhelming materialistic society. There are, you know, so, you know, so how many, seven billion people on the planet now, and how, how many, Prabhupada, but sometimes you can count them on your hand, how many devotees there are, you know. But really, you know, most of the souls are there in the spiritual world. There's just a small portion are here. So we're part of the majority, but because of our covered consciousness, we're thinking, you know, because sometimes there's this tendency to want to feel like, I'm tired of being a misfit. You know, I want to blend in with the, you know, I don't want to stand out as a weirdo, you know. But, uh, like, you, you can't, my Guru Maharaj, he said, um, the spiritual world isn't full of a bunch of frustrated, pious people. Like, we're not just, you know, trying to hold back these desires for sense gratification, you know, like, and we're just all miserably, you know, it, it's actually enjoyable. No, it's not. It's not. But it's an intoxicant, and especially the intoxicant of youth. Because I'm on the college campus, you know, every day, and, and I'm really seeing how there's this vicarious enjoyment of just looking at young people. Because as your body is falling apart and just a source of pain most of the time as you get older, there's this, uh, like, I'm going to look at a younger person. They got this gait, you know, they're like booking and they're laughing and, you know, like they're at, the senses are strong and vibrant and, and, and there's a sense of vicarious enjoyment. It's like the whole thing of movies, you know, you just lose track of your smallness of being a conditioned soul pounded by the material energy. And you can imagine, you can vicariously enjoy, you know, through the hero. The hero is jumping off an airplane and he's, you know, doing all sorts of amazing stuff and gets the girl or the girl gets the guy and, you know, they've, you know, and, you know, you just, but what's really going on is that everybody's suffering in the material world. And, are we having fun yet? Remember that bumper sticker? Be like, are we having fun yet? And you're just like, we're having fun, aren't we? Aren't we? You know, this is great, isn't it? You know, yeah, this is great. You know, um, but without, you know, I was thinking about Dravida Prabhu because I accidentally pocket dialed him yesterday, and I had a dream about him last night. Actually, I had a dream that he was. Uh, he wanted to do some project and somewhere or other I was in his orbit. And then I said, well, why don't you just take sannyas and I'll be your servant and we can travel together. <laughs> but uh, I can't remember what it was. It was some 
some project or something. But I was ta- once I was in uh, Vancouver. I was traveling with the Festival of India. This was back in 2005 with Maduha. And we were in Vancouver. They have a, a big Janmashtami f- celebration there. And then they piggyback on the Rathiatra and the Festival of India there. So they're there for like two weeks. And uh, I was giving this class and I was talking about Dravida's classes and he's so effervescent and he's relishing that it's, it's almost like you don't even, you're not, I mean, you are listening to what he's saying, but you're almost just like watching his, is he a countenance, his countenance, mm-hmm. that he's just, he's buoyant and youthful and happy. He's happy. He's just like, wow, what a concept, happiness, you know? And, uh, and I was actually becoming enlivened, you know, talking about Dravida's enlivenment. And then a devotee said, made a comment, what you were saying about Dravida, I was experiencing with you now giving class, you know? And I would say, I, I called Durlava Darshan just on my way here this morning. I said, Durlava, I'm really suffering. My dad's, I got to fly to Minnesota. My dad's going to leave his body. I'm struggling. I got this problem with my back. I just can't figure out. I, I think I got to buy a mattress. You know, I've been sleeping on this futa. Every every morning I get up, my back is killing me. I can't move. And I'm like, just like limping around. And, and I, I'm telling Dravida, he says, well, if there's any consolation, I got this condition on my foot. If I eat too much sugar, it swells up. So I woke up this morning. I couldn't even walk. You know, I'm just limping around. And I think, yeah, we're all getting worked, you know. And uh, but anyways, I told him, I go, I got to give class, and I got to. I'm, I'm giving class, and I'm just totally miserable, and I just don't want to sit here and talk about how wonderful Krishna consciousness is when I'm totally miserable. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, just milk that, you know. Just tell them how miserable the material world is. <laughs> And, and how and how you're directly experiencing it? And he said, "That's you know, that's you know part of our philosophy, you know." And I said, "But but when I'm depressed and miserable, like sometimes I just I want to hear something light and happy, and you know because you know." But anyways, I'm trying to I'm just thinking in terms of. Prabhupada, you know, always really emphasizing that it's all about developing your love of God. It's all about love, really. And the happiness of reuniting with Krishna and going back home and the relationships, loving relationships between pure souls. So it really is. I mean, that really is the focus. But because, like Prabhupada was saying, because we're we're in this diseased condition, we have to take the medicine. He was talking about somebody with, uh, I can't remember what disease he said. Jaundice? I don't know if it was John. No, I don't think it was John. It was something, something where, where one has to, you know, avoid some certain foods. And because you have to perform some tapasya to get healthy. Like, so you can have your real life. So our real life is a life of love and, and happiness and bliss and knowledge eternally. But because we're in a disease condition, we have to perform this, the, we have to take the medicine of, uh, although the medicine is 
joyfully perform is Lochandas Tatakur says that this you know this process of hearing and chanting, taking prasadam and dancing, it's the medicine is is relishable, but it requires some tapasya, tapodivyam putukadina satvam shudyad brahmasokyam tvanantam. Lord Vishabdev in that heavy verse said, you know, don't be a, don't be like the hogs and dogs chasing after sense gratification. Perform tapodivyam divine austerities. You have to perform austerity regardless. If you want to be a sense enjoyer, you got to perform a lot of austerity to make money, got to work hard and put up with a lot of stuff from other people and everything. You know, you've got to perform austerity. So there's no, there's no avoiding it. It's just tapodivyam, divine austerities that you voluntarily accept. Uh, and Prabhupada said the yogis, they were putting these fires in the middle of the hot summer and in the winter time, jumping in the, in the Himalayas in the ice cold water. And Prabhupada said, we're not asking you to do that. We're just asking you to, to follow these four regulative principles. And then Prabhupada kind of went, and still that you cannot like, do. You know, he was sort of not lamenting, but he was saying, but even that we're struggling so much because of this, you know, conditioning of lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And then in Kali Yuga, just the the amping up of all things bizarre and, you know, no matter, you know, we talk about your version of sensing of the bike riders. I mean, now it's just like, you know, whatever, you know, dress up like this guy, he's, you know, it's kind of, he had this mohawk. He was on campus, you know, it's, the head's just this, the hair sticking straight up like spikes, you know? And I just looked at him and I said, God, do you understand like how bizarre you look? You know, like, and you know, but you know, to stand out, I mean, that's kind of natural. You know, when we were in seventies, it was, you know, long hair, you know, sixties and seventies, you know, really long hair. You know, you, you want to stand apart. So, or like the tattoos or something, you know, like getting yourself, try to set yourself apart from others and by dressing, you know, there was this guy, I think it was actually Tony Robbins, this motivational speaker guy. And he, he was coaching, life coaching, whatever you want to call it, somebody. And there was this girl, this young girl who had some problems and she came in and she had like every part of your body possible that you could pierce. She had, you know, stuff. You know, and, uh, you know, and he, his analysis was that, you know, he just said that she had to somehow or other stand apart from others. And this is how she accomplished it, by just looking as practically bizarre as possible, you know. So it's just like it's a madness, you know, that our uniqueness and our specialness is already there. It just has to be awakened. Our relationship with Krishna, our our uh, and Krishna, uh, Krishna thinks we're special. Not thinks Krishna. We are special to Krishna, and just like the gopis and the rasa dance, all the gopis, Krishna expanded himself to be with all the other gopis, and each one thought that Krishna was alone with them. Like, I'm special, Krishna's with me. You know, like, so Krishna can simultaneously be with everyone 
And, and at the same time, everyone can feel, I'm special, Krishna's only with me. I mean, who can pull that off? You know, that's one of Krishna's special features. So, um, we're not absolving our, just like when sometimes people, they talk about, you know, you're, you're all just part of a, you're sheeple, you know, you're, you're just following, you're all dressing the same, or you're, you know, you're brainwashed, you're all just, you know, you're just following the, the, cult, the cult leader or whatever, you know, like, because you can't think, and, um, but, um, but we, we, we want to feel um, special. That's what, you know, everybody, there, there was one song. Who was that? The Pretenders? I'm special, I'm special. Um, uh, I'm going to make you notice me. I can't remember the line, but it's, you know, I'm going to use my arms, going to use my left, you know, everything. I'm going to, you know, I'm special, I'm special, you know. Every, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, my significant other, you know. Who's your significant other? Like, do you have someone in your life that's, you know, who thinks you're special, you know, and you think they're special? But that, it can only be satisfied completely with Krishna because every everyone else is going to let us down in some way or, or other because we can't unlimitedly, because Krishna can unlimitedly reciprocate with us. And then Prabhupada talks about the nature of our love is that it expands, like a child is first, you know, self-absorbed and then starts to develop some love for his parents and then siblings and then expand it more to the community, nation, world. The nature of love is that it expands. So, but in order to be satisfied, it has to be, re that love has to be reposed in a source that can reciprocate unlimitedly. So, that's Krishna. And to hear about Krishna's pastimes is the, the, the means of fixing the mind on Krishna, samadhi, most effectively in the form of, you know, the holy name and his, his name, form, quality, and pastimes to absorb the mind in Krishna, um, is 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 the remedy for our disease condition? So I'm rambling now. Anyone have a comment or a question? Yes, Prabhu. Uh, someone special. So yesterday, I don't know if you heard it, because I'm kind of an NPR guy, you know. Right? So I was uh, all things considered. Did you hear? Let me ask you something. Do you think your car insurance rates? There it is. <laughs> um, it was today's report on, on the Holocaust at Paradise, California, yeah. right? Which is such a tragic irony, the whole thing, for weeks. So this reporter embedded herself in uh, this place where there was some shelter and they were, they were looking for the latest news of where you can go and what to do. You heard from your relatives. This is this person trying to get in touch with us. So this reporter was there. And so she tagged along with a guy who finally uh, was allowed permission to go to a certain part of paradise to see what the condition his house was in. If he lost his house or if it was still there. Can anybody hear this? No. Anyway, it was, I could see this coming. 
but it was so tragic. So they're going up and the guy's talking about his home and his wife of 43 years and they got separated during the fire and it didn't look too bad the morning of the, of the day of the fire. So he went to work, he was a teacher, and then he said, uh, Tony, if, um, if it starts to look bad, I'm gonna come right up and we'll get out of there. So, but it, it, it whipped up really fast. That's why there's so many people dead and missing. And so he got up there with a reporter to see, and, and okay, here's this part of the neighborhood. And around the next corner is where my house is, I hope, I hope to God. And so they round the corner, and then you hear the guy completely gasp. Oh my God, my house is gone. Everything, I don't know where my wife is. And then the reporter cuts in uh, from later, because unfortunately Jim, Jim got a call from the coroner, and they, they, they have her body, or what's left of it. And the guy was, com he was so invested in that, you know, that significant other, his wife of 43 years, and all their pets, and the whole house, and the whole life, and the whole memories, and, and the guy is completely, it was such a classic case of the wrong bank account you're putting, you know, all you're investing, all your energy and your time. But it was, it was almost cruel the way they did it, because it was, uh, and then Jim got the call from the coroner, his wife and his, his wife is in, in the morgue, what's left of her charred body. And that's, it was just such a classic example, graphic example of, of what Prabhupada talks about. But then they had, but they were like playing on, you know, the guy's suffering, because that's, that's what sells, you know, bad news sells. Yeah. And that was it. And he was in paradise. He was in paradise. in paradise. He was in paradise, and that's the tr that's in the background, right? This is so and so from NPR News in Paradise, California, and the whole thing is. Did you hear that one? I'm going to add something to that yeah. that I read on Huffington Post yesterday, which was just horrifying to me. That on top of this horrible natural Holocaust, there's a virus that is coming from it, and that people are getting deathly ill and dying from oh. the airborne particles oh. that are creating a lung virus. Oh, yeah. That's um, so these shelters are filled now with very sick people. I mean, it's just it's so horrifying. Right. Yeah, what's going on? It's concentrated stuff out there, there. And, and I'm thinking my guru Dave is going to San Diego from Carpinteria today. I mean, you have—I mean, you have to be breathing in, and because Southern California is on fire, also. Yeah. I mean, it's just—you right. know—we're so blessed to to be here amongst each other. Yeah. And I think we might, you know, like what you were saying. You know, the material world is on fire. And like when I, even when I leave here and just go 11 minutes away, my consciousness shifts, you know, and, and changes. And I kind of beat myself up like you do. Uh, you know, like my miseries become more exaggerated. But as soon as I like enter here, my miseries begin to, you know, go down. And I'm so aware of, of you know. Our God. significant other is Krishna. Yes, yes, but, that, but the material world is so infectious. Just leaving here. Daryl, you have a comment? Uh, go to the next person for a minute. I'm going to look for a verse I want to read. Okay. Um, I was thinking of, I was continuing to be about, you were talking about, you know, like the person with the mohawk. And, you know, certain certain people are changing themselves, like their hair, and like to stand out. I was thinking, like, you know, a 
course, the root of that is because the relationship with Krishna is in a dormant state. And I'm thinking, like, you know, we have to, whether it be like a react, like outside world, or whether the reaction be negative or positive, they're still looking for that external confirmation that there's maybe something because internally they're lacking that. They, they, there's like a void inside them. They don't think that there's something. But, um, so I was thinking like, so I think it's, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, we should be compassionate. I mean, like, we're not like, oh, you look like a freak. You're a weirdo. It's just like, oh, you poor soul. Yeah, yeah. You're stuck in this body and you're desperately trying to find love and yeah. and the way you're searching has put you in this state of consciousness where you have to look bizarre, you know, to try to find that. So, I mean, yeah, we should be compassionate. Okay, Jero's I would like to introduce an element of contradistinction into this discussion of the doom and gloom of the material world. <laughs> <laughs> We're drowning in pools of ecstasy, the childhood pastimes. <laughs> With the statement by Avodananda Saraswati from the Chaitanya Chandamrita, verse number five. He says, Kaivalyam Narakayati Tridashapur. Akasha Pushpayate, Nirdan Tindriya Kala Sarpa Patavi, Lokata Damstraya, Vishvam Purna Sukhayate, Vidhi Mahindra Bhishta Kitayate, Yakkarunya Kataksha Bhagavatam Tangolam Evistu Maham. For a devotee, the pleasure of merging into the existence of Brahman is considered hellish. Similarly, he considers promotion. To heavenly planets, just another kind of phantasmagoria. The yogis meditate for sense control, but for the devotee, the senses appear like serpents with broken teeth. The whole material world appears joyful for a devotee. Vishvam Purna Sukhayate. Vishvam, the whole universe. Vishvam Purna Sukhayate. Completely happy. Uh, and even great personalities like Lord Brahma and Lord Indra are considered no better than insects. Such is the position of a devotee who has received but a small glance of the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And to this most magnanimous personality, I offer my respectful obeisances. And there are other statements in the Bhagavatam, particularly, that say that for one who is absorbed in hearing and chanting about Krishna, then the miseries of the material world no longer exist and are unable to affect one. So, um, you've shown us the, um, the existential condition of the material world, and then we can also see the existential condition of the uh, devotee in Krishna consciousness even though in the material world, completely unaffected, uh, as long as he's absorbed in hearing and chanting and serving Krishna in the association of devotees, which is what we are doing here. On that note, I, when Bhavananda was initiated, he was my first guru. So, Baba means material world, it means existence, 
is also reversed in the material world. So, so he gave when he was initiated. He says, "Your name is Bhavananda," and then and he says, "Bhava means material world, and Ananda means one who takes pleasure." <laughs> so then Bhavananda said, "He goes, oh, Prabhupada really nailed me. Like he knows one who takes pleasure in the material world." And then Prabhupada said, "No, actually, that is the devotee." Because the material world offers endless opportunity for preaching, and that is the happiness of a devotee. So your name is Bhavananda, one who is absorbed in the happiness of preaching Krishna consciousness. <laughs> As opposed to Bhava, which is the highest state yeah. of spiritual. Yeah, Bhava. You had a comment? I was just going to say, um, sometimes depending on... Um, what we see externally with people, like when I see people that are in that sort of rebellious state, sometimes that's actually, by my estimation, usually engaging those people in conversations, a lot of times they're more open or liberal to understanding concepts of Krishna consciousness because that sense of rebellious is so high in them that they're it's pronounced in their external features, so they're not necessarily buying into materialism as much because mm -hmm. they're not satisfied with it. But getting them to Krishna consciousness is kind of a whole other step. But a lot of times, I think that for a lot of those folks, they're still seeking. They're they're looking for something, and they're more inclined to at least giving an opportunity to hearing topics related to spiritual understanding. Whereas a lot of folks that are by my uh, estimation, when I see folks that are way more in tune with like what's going on with current styles and this and that, you preach to them, they're like, no way, man, I'm enjoying this way too much. You're just talking pure yeah, nonsense. That's true. That was probably first, you know, the hippies who were rebuilding against the establishment yeah. and the parents and everything. They were the first disciples. Yeah, absolutely, because back then they were kind of the far out, yeah, you know, right, rebelling against yeah, society. Right. All right, thank you very much. Antaraj Shaman Bhagavatam Kija. We covered huge subjects, and we're the majority. <laughs> Yes, I'm in